Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we wrapped up our series called Uncomfortable, and Pastor Donna talked about the idea of uncomfortable commitment. She taught us how we as believers are called to commit to the body of Christ. Today, I'll be joined by Donna and John to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, I'm here with Donna and John. Uh, welcome. Hello. How's it going? Well, it's good to, to be here and glad that uh, both you were able to, to join us uh, today to talk about Sunday's message. Uh, Donna, we wrapped up our Uncomfortable series and you talked about uncomfortable commitment. And, uh, and having kind of gone through the entire series and having it culminate on this topic of uh, being committed to the church, uh, our church for, for our people and for our listeners, uh, what were some of your thoughts uh, going into this message? I really think that being committed to the church makes a huge difference for us, you know, for us as a church and for people as individuals. Um, but I also didn't want to make people feel guilty. I wanted to make them be committed, but I also didn't want to make them feel guilty. And that's a hard line to find. Um, yeah, so I tried to walk back and forth between that. And now having given the message... Uh, what were some of your, what are some of your thoughts now? Is there anything you'd want to add or reemphasize at this point? Um, I talked about those seven elements of commitment: the join the church priority, those things, make your pastor's job a joy, that one, and um, and I said that you don't really need to do all of them. You can do them, you know, when you might not do them all at once. You might not do them all right away. You might not feel a desire to do all of them, and that's okay. But I really didn't want to say it's okay. <laughs> you know, I really feel like all of them are important for us in commitment. Um, I wanted to make sure that people who, you know, who have health issues or have issues that prevent them from being committed felt okay about being there and didn't feel, you know, put down or anything. But for the normal average person, I feel like they should be doing all of them. So, yeah, so I, I wanted to make that, like, really definite, but I think I didn't make it as... Um, I don't know, as, as forceful as maybe I could have. Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting point. Uh, why do you feel like you held back, uh, during the message? Um, I think it was a lot because of the conversation we had last week in the podcast where you and Nick and I were talking about feeling guilty about things and you talked about on vacation and the thoughts you were having. And, and Nick has said that in previous podcasts also that something made him feel guilty. And I didn't want to make people feel guilty in the last message. I wanted them to be able to think about commitment without feeling guilty. And I always wrestle with that, like, because I feel like sometimes I come across too strong and people say they feel guilty about something. So, and I feel like that just interferes with your ability to listen and to, to hear the rest of the message if you start out feeling guilty. Yeah, so just wrestling with that, you know, how, not knowing how people think when they hear it. Hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a, I think an interesting tension that we can all relate to, uh, especially when we're speaking, right. Mm -hmm. Of, um, wanting to communicate truth, uh, to emphasize a point, especially when it comes to something like commitment, mm -hmm. but walking that fine line between, um, being gracious, but at the same time communicating what's, yeah. what's true. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I really like the Ephesians 5 passage that I talked about where it talks about Christ loved the church and how he sees the church as radiant and holy and blameless. Um, and I feel like that should be our motivation because Jesus loves the church so much and we love Jesus that we should be committed to his church. And I don't want people to be feel committed out of guilt, but I feel like sometimes guilt's a positive thing as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Uh, John, uh, you know, one of the reasons I thought you'd be great to, to have here today is, uh, you know, having grown up in this church, literally, um, being a pastor's son, um, but also having uh, served in the youth since you were 18, so coming up on, what, 14, 15 years now that you've been serving week in, week out, and now that you oversee the youth and have worked with so many leaders over the years, um, why is commitment so important? You know, and I know commitment's important for you. Uh, why is it so important uh, for you? And what does it mean from your perspective for someone to be committed uh, to the church? Yeah, you know, I think for myself, growing up in the church, being a part of it as a kid, and I don't know, it's, it's, you feel... Um, I never felt pressure or or anything to do something or not. Uh, everything apart, you know, about Cerritos Baptist was was fun to me as a child, and then in youth it got even better. So when I was asked to serve on youth staff, it was it was just an easy yes. It was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be here, I want to do this. And then just year after year after year, it just grew on me. And now this is like a passion. It's a joy. I, I want to be here. I want to inspire there's something about doing what we do that just it's just I don't want to do anything else so I think commitment when found in the right ways for the right reasons it's 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 good it just comes and it's it's uh, it's natural yeah so I, I like that about um, where I'm at and where I've come from and yeah the love of commitment started and was rooted in something as a child. So now that I'm 33 now, it's, yeah, I love where I'm at today, so. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you think about this, but I think about, um, like for me, the divorce, and maybe for you with going through the whole bipolar period, um, like the church is such, it was, it was what got me through that, right? It was the people, and I expected, for me, I expected that they, you know, wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't approve of me, and yet, you know, it was the people here at church that got me through that and supported me and loved me and asked me how I was doing. Um, and so I think part of that is that desire for people to be able to experience that when they're going through tough things. And rather than just keeping it to themselves and trying to go it alone, to be able to have, you know, a church surround you is, is such a big thing. I think in, for me, it was so instrumental. And I think that's what I want for people is to be able to have that kind of support. And maybe you feel that way too. Oh, absolutely. I think when I went through my diagnosis of being bipolar, it was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. But it was also one of the best things I've gone through because the support that I had with my family and my friends and my community here at church, I almost couldn't wait to tell people mm -hmm. because I, I knew that they wouldn't see me differently. The way that I would do things would almost be more yeah. uh, loved and inspired because of what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that inspires people because you were so open and able to share and people saw how everyone responded to you, that that's been such a good thing for us as a church as well. 
And I want people to be able to have that when they go through those kinds of things. Wow, that's, I think both of you hit on a, a really powerful point where you've experienced exactly what you were talking about, Donna, mm-hmm. in terms of commitment flowing out of a desire to, to love, mm-hmm. to respond to what Christ has done for us, right? So in both of your lives, you talked about seasons where you, know, you just received, right? And you're so overwhelmed but sense of joy, gratitude, mm-hmm. that there's this natural desire to, to give back, to, com- to commit, to, to serve, um, and in, in that you have this desire for people to, to receive and to experience mm-hmm. something similar. Um, so what would you say to people who, you know, they hear that the seven ways to make a commitment, right? Make a decision to join, make church a priority, make your pastor's job a joy. I love that one. <laughs> uh, find ways to serve, give financially, connect with people, share your passion where these are things as you said, Donna, like people should, do these things right and there are some people who do it because they they just want to like the two of you and there's some who hear that and there's hesitancy there's like maybe there's guilt maybe there's a sense of obligation and what we're saying is no we don't want it to to come out of that right Uh, what's something they can do to get to a place where commitment is more of a natural desire response to something rather than guilt or obligation hmm i think the connecting right wasn't that one of them to connect yeah connect connect? with people okay connect with people i think that one for a lot of people who don't commit that one's a hard one because you know we just like to keep to ourselves and you know give ourselves space um but i think just to to connect with people to talk with people to to take a little step further in sharing about where you are, or asking other people how they're doing or getting to know people. I think that's such a positive thing and that it makes us feel good. Um, I think serving and making the church a priority are really important things and um, they're things that look hard but that you get such benefit from. So I think maybe those three are ones that I really key on and think are important. Mm. Yeah, I think for myself, working with the youth, uh, I tell them to just do something, you know, just yeah. do something good. Find something that you like to do that's good and, and go for it. I think sometimes for youth, there's there's so many choices and 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 there's there's options A, B, C, D, you know, and all over the place. And sometimes we get stuck. Oh, what should I do? Where should I go? Ah, just 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 do something good that you believe in, and. I think God will guide you from there. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and that's true, not just for youth, right? I mean, for mm-hmm. young people, even as you get older and the older we get, the more options we have. Um, but I, yeah, I love that in terms of just do something. And especially when it comes to, to ministry, there is that kind of which comes first, the chicken or the egg mm-hmm. thing that kind of goes on, right? Where, you know, we're not sure whether we want to commit you know, we have our we have our thoughts, we have our doubts, our worries, um, and sometimes we just need to take that leap of faith, right? Mm-hmm. To try something, do something good, as you said, and that begins. You know, it opens up the doors for us to experience something that makes us want even more. Um, so I love that, and and even what you're saying, Don, of just connecting with people, right? Uh, by just being open, being vulnerable. Um, 
you know, being willing to uh, get to know people, even ones that we're uncomfortable with, um, so that in those moments, right, when we need them, or vice versa, right, we experience that community, and we experience a little bit more of what God desires for us as a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good too. too that just that idea of just do something, do something good. I think we often have this these little ideas, and then we talk ourselves out of them. But just to just to do it, you know, and it could be just start with something small, you know, to talk to someone or to do something different. Um, yeah, but not to talk yourself out of it, but just to take that next step, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking how a lot of times, um, you know, I'm so worried about making people feel guilty mm-hmm. of offending them of, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'm always, Hey, can you do this? But no pressure, no worries. You know, and sometimes I realize by doing that, I'm perhaps preventing Hmm. them from trying something, stepping into something, just doing something. And, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm learning, you know, and I think I'm wrestling with that and learning, you know what, like for people to do something, for people to serve, for people to get involved, even if it's hard, tiring, challenging, that's not a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so much good can come out of it when they can experience the joy that comes out of it, as, as John, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as you said that, I think even as a leader, to not be afraid to push people, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, just give them that nudge to say, hey, I think if you do this, like, you're going to experience something mm-hmm. um, that's truly life-giving and, and, and beneficial, and you're going to want more of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, you know, going back to what you were saying, John, um, what does that look like for you with your youth staff? Okay, I know you get every year, year in and year out, you get a lot of new people wanting to serve. Uh, perhaps they want to try something great. You say, hey, go do something good. Um, but what, is the, what does a commitment look like for you? And, and I know you have a, you know, a high value for leaders who are committed. Um, what does that look like for you as far as your youth staff, where you go, hey, this is what commitment looks like. Yeah, as I've gone through years and years and years of, of serving, uh, commitment has meant a lot to me. And simply your yes being yes and your no being no means so much to me now. And as growing up in like college and like high school, it was hard for me to do that. I, I liked, I was a maybe guy. I, I'm an option guy. I'm a, <laughs> I want everything really? to be open. And it was, yeah. You know, how, like, oh, I, you know, maybe I'll meet you there and maybe I'll meet you here and tonight we'll do this. And, but I always want to, you know, I stay out till midnight and then if something comes up at one, then I'm going to that and this and that and that. And I'm all over the place and it's, it was fun, but it, you know, drove me crazy. And as time has gone on, I'm, st- I'm definitely still like that. But, there's nothing more um, comforting than someone that can just say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And as staff, as you staff, when we have events, when we have certain things, when we commit to a year, that's all I want to hear. Are mm-hmm. you in or are you out? Let's do this or let's not. And that's what I preach to the kids too. It, it's, it's biblical. You know, it's, it's may your yes be yes and your no be no. So, uh, yeah, I try to keep it simple. Um, and for myself too, as years have gone on, I'm, 
trying to do a better job when someone texts me. It's like, hey, you want to hang out tonight? Uh, let me check my schedule. And I'd like to be a better person to say yes or no. Wow, you're an adult now, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there are a lot of adults who don't do that very well either. So, so what are that? And that's great. And and I see that in you, and I see the the standard you want for your leaders. So, leader who says, "Hey, I'm in." Okay, what it, what is in your mind and kind of unfiltered? Let's be honest. What do you hope to see? You know, what would you like to see from a leader who says, "Hey, I'm in this year." Yeah, so there's a difference between actions and words. So if you're in, let's, are you present? Are you here? Are you with the kids? Are you engaged in conversation? Are you seeking uh, the vision that we set out for this year? Are we, are you coming beforehand? Are you staying after? Are, there's so much that goes with the yes or no. I mean, if you say yes and no, and that doesn't mean anything, then that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But you can tell when a leader has bought in and they're serving because they're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I think I, and I asked you that question and Donna, I'm going to ask you too. Right. Because in, and you know, I think we don't want to offend people. We're worried about making people feel guilty. So, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to communicate that right to our, to our leaders, like, Hey, or not just to leaders, but to, to people, right. To those who are committed to this church of saying, Hey, this is what it looks like to be committed. This is what we'd love to see. You know, and when we fall, when we struggle, we understand and we're going to be gracious, but this is what we want to see in everything you just described. And Donna, you know, hey, no fear of holding, you know, no holding back punches on this. But what does commitment look like for you? What would you love to see? Um, if, if you could just speak from the heart and say, you know what, someone who says, this is my church. This is what I would love to see. Mm-hmm. I think for people just to take the next step, um, I would love to see like greeters and ushers, people stepping up who are really gifted in that. Right now we have people who are just committed and who are willing to serve. Um, not necessarily people who love it, but they're willing to serve. But to have people that are you know gifted in greeting and welcoming people to, to step up and do that or people that are... Um, gifted in other areas to step up and use their gifts um, for people to be present to be you know on time at worship service and to um, be engaged with the worship to be you know singing and really worshiping not just sitting and you know just sitting and watching um, for people to be to stay after and engage with the other people around them to come to the academy to come to um, small groups to be committed to their small groups and to be there at all the meetings when they can um, yeah, all those kinds of things that show that it's important, it's a priority, it's um, something that means something to you. I think we're, you know, we tend to be a very casual church, and it's always okay if you're not able to do things. Um, but we're so much better when we're committed than just casual and coming when we feel like it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Yeah, and I think, you know, just that one Point number two on, on seven ways to make commitment of make church a priority. Right mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this church family—it's either a priority to to someone mm-hmm. or it's not. Yeah. Right there, there's no kind of middle. There's no maybe. There's no sometimes. It's either priority or it's not a priority. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, and I think it's important, you know, for us as leaders and and for us to to be clear about that, right, and to not be shy. 
mm-hmm. um, about that. So thanks for sharing that. And, um, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit because part of what you talked about, Donna, is, you know, this call to make a commitment uh, to the church and to be fully in. But this reality that um, that all of us are going to have things we either don't like about the church, you know, things that are reasons to, to have mixed feelings, maybe um, disagreements. Um, and, and you talked about, you know, an example of when you were here and before you'd become a pastor, uh, there were things you didn't like and things that you had problems with and how you went about that. Um, you know, could you share a little bit more about that? And the reason why I ask is because, you know, I think for those listening and for our church, they might have those things too. You know, things they have questions about, things they're unsure about. And I'd love to be able to paint a picture of things they can do to address that so that we can move forward together as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of what was really, there was that, that long era of the seeker-sensitive church where um, we really wanted to, maybe pander is not the right word, but really wanted to reach out to, to seekers um, people that didn't know Christ, visitors. But as far as I could tell, there weren't a lot of seekers or visitors coming. Um, so I didn't really see the point of doing that if we weren't, didn't have seekers. And so for, for me, a lot of the, it seemed like maybe watering down the worship service or the experience of God's presence. Um, for me, it was very frustrating because, you know, as I would tell Gary, and as people always say, it wasn't meeting my needs, right? It wasn't it wasn't doing anything for me. Um, so that was hard. There was a period of a several years where I went on Wednesday nights to a church near me, um, which had, you know, just rousing loud worship and clapping hands and people standing up. And um, that was just one of the ways that I had to find a worship that, that fit for me during that period was just to go to another church during the week. Um, and that was really helpful. And then, you know, go to Bible study fellowship or to do other things where, where those needs could be met. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. But yeah. So that was, for me, a tough period. And then after going through all that, what kept you committed to this church? Um, probably because of my friends. I At the time, you know, I was meeting with Val Tawa and Joanne Kaba regularly, and, you know, they're both heavily involved in the church, you know. So I think just being involved with them and and other people, um, being involved in small groups, because I had friends here and people that were important to me, um, it was my church. Yeah, Yeah, and I've told you, you know, Sunday after the message, what I really appreciated was just your experience on both ends of the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Being a pastor and kind of being on this side of things and what we'd like to see from our people, for our people, but having also been a member, right? mm-hmm. a lay leader for a long time and understanding the challenges of, you know, being a part of an imperfect church mm-hmm. with imperfect leaders. Um, and, and I love how you're able to bring both sides to the table uh, yeah. during the message. Yeah. Thanks. So John, when it comes to your staff, um, you know, maybe even peers, and you have a vision and, and you're asking people to be committed and you have leaders who are maybe unhappy, you know, or maybe not unhappy, but just they're, they're unsure of certain things. They have questions. They, they disagree with things, um, you know, yet they're still committed. You know, what would you 
encourage them with or what would you like to see in terms of how they could approach those things so that they could still be committed um, still move forward how would you li- how do you like for them to handle it most times a lot of times if a staff member is unhappy with something or they want to do something different I'm always open to say okay what what is that and what do you want to work on and what's the change that you want to see and when we sit down one-on-one and they talk about it, there's like passion and fire behind that so a lot of times I'll say okay then you do it <laughs> and sometimes it's good and yeah. sometimes it's not but I think it, it at least opens the door for more conversation mm-hmm. and where they're at and where we're going mm-hmm. yeah that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's great insight in terms of the um, sitting with them and not just hearing what they have to say, right? Not just hearing what they agree with or disagree with, but also seeing their heart behind it. And that's oftentimes things that we don't always get to see if we're not sitting directly, right, in front of the person and having that conversation mm-hmm. with them about whatever questions or, you know, frustrations they may have. So what about for you, for you, Donna? How, what would you encourage you know, our church with, those who are listening, who may be in a similar position to where you were you know, back in the day um, on how to, how to approach that? What, what should they do with that if, if they're in a similar situation? Um, I, think, I think what we tend to do is to talk to other people and to try them to get them to agree with us, which is always just kind of divisive. So, yeah, I agree with John, just for them to talk to us and to have a conversation, to be able to to share whatever they're sharing. And, you know, I talked about when I sat down with Pastor Gary and told him about the things that I was thinking we should do differently. Um, and even though he didn't do anything about it, I felt heard and I felt valued. And, and Gary was really good at, you know, just valuing and affirming um, the things that I said. And I think for people, sometimes, even though we don't do what they want us to do, just to be able to express it and to know that we care about them and that we value their opinions. Um, I feel like that's really important. And for people who feel um, that things aren't doing going the way they want it to go and um, for them to be able to talk to us and at least to be affirmed and valued, I hope that that's a, a positive thing. And for us maybe to be able to work with them and finding ways that they can feel better about whatever it is they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, just that one point of you know, come talk to us, you know, and I think John, you hit it on terms of what you would like from a youth staff. Donna, you mm-hmm. encourage the same thing or, you know, I think from our perspective, you know, we want people to come and talk mm-hmm. to us. If there's things that they're frustrated with, things they disagree with um, to come and have that conversation with us, you know, I, and to do it respectfully. Is, that was <laughs> I feel like sometimes people feel like, especially people who are my age who come and talk to you or Brandon or Nick, um, there's that sense of I'm older and I know better, which isn't always true. So I feel it's important. I feel like for people to come and talk to us, but to do it with respect and, and to respect like your wisdom and Brandon and Nick's as pastors and as people who just love God and who want to serve him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very helpful too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely feel like right. A lot of times, the longer it festers, mm-hmm. right, the more we think about it, 
the more our questions go unanswered and they just kind of linger. A lot of times the, the worst it gets, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're talking to other people or so the quicker we can just go to the source or whatever it might be, sit with the pastor, sit with the leader, you know, and say, hey, there's, there's something I just want to ask you about, something I want to talk mm-hmm. about. You know, at least in my experience, I have a whole lot of experience. Most of the times that conversation goes better than we think it's going to go, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and the quicker we can just address it, have that face-to-face, heart-to-heart talk. And and I hope, you know, our church where, you know, we're not huge, so there's not you know, thousands of people line up at our door. We can have those conversations uh and, and really work together and in, mm-hmm. in, in moving together as a body, right? As John, you mentioned, you know, when a leader comes to you, I mean, most times you're open to it. You know, it's not like everything is set in stone and anything they bring up is going to be shot down. It's like a lot of times, and I feel the same way. A lot of things we're open, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of our things that we plan, you know, are in pencil, <laughs> you know, not in permanent ink. Um, so, you know, I, I love that idea of just, Let's just get together and talking about it when those issues come up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, in light of kind of this, in light of wrapping up this series, in light of this call to 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 be uncomfortable, to lean into the discomfort, um, in any of the topics, or maybe especially this one of commitment to the church, is there anything that either of you would like to add or kind of end this with? I think, you know, I just want to reiterate that just the the importance of our commitment to God and our love for God and our, our desire to serve God. And even if we don't always agree on the details of how we do that, um, I think we agree that we can be a church that loves one another and that cares for one another and that serves God and um, that wants to be a church that prays and reads God's word and, and all those foundational things. And so I feel like Sometimes we get um, fixated on the things we don't like, but to to remember there are so many core things that are so important that we are united and and that we're really together on. And I think that's really important for us to remember. Mm. Yeah, well said. Thank you, Donna. How about you, John? Yeah, on my side, when you commit and devote yourself to Christ and to God, and specifically with youth ministry, in my life as I've done that, God has taken care of me. It's been the best yeah. part of my life. Mm-hmm. This has been something that I love to do, and, and he showers grace and love back in me every week. So I hope my staff feels that way. I, I hope the kids feel that way, and that's why we do it. That's the whole purpose behind commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes we see how much how much work it will be or how much we'll be called to do things we don't want to do. But I think from our perspective, for John and Eric, probably for you and, and for me, it's it's how blessed we are when we take those steps and when we, you know, do what we feel God is wanting us to do. And, and even though it might be hard, just how blessed and how, how good it is to be able to serve God. Um, I think we see commitment as something really positive. Um, and I hope people can see that as well. Yeah, well said, both of you. Um, you know, th- we, we ended the series with this uncomfortable commitment you know, in this call for commitment to the church. And both of you, you nailed it, you know, in bringing it back to, to how we began the series, right? Mm-hmm. That the commitment to the church ultimately begins and ends with our commitment to Christ mm-hmm. and, and our willingness to surrender everything, our willingness to to do anything and everything, mm-hmm. you know, for him, because of him. 
and the rewards and the blessings that, that come through it. So, um, yeah, thank you both for, for sharing that, for to reemphasizing that truth, that point. Um, and I hope our, our church, you know, that we continue to grow in that commitment to Christ and Christ alone. So thank you both for, for being here, for sharing your insight, your wisdom. Uh, it's fun as always. Yeah, it's been fun. Okay, thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening.